How's the mic switch? Did the mic oh, you switch? Switched the last, mic last episode. You know, it used to be over here. Then I did the switch. To Why here. did you switch it? Uh, just uh, you know, so that the camera could capture. It, so I wasn't hiding behind it. You know, like I was for for video purpose. You know, you want to see the whole thing. I was I, thinking the more you could cover your face, so I get right behind it. If you could wear a mask, I mean, I could. I definitely could. <laughs> Oh no! I don't mind. Hey, band meeting podcast with Tyler and Dave. That's the beauty of the podcast is you really don't have to look at us. It's meant for audio, so the video is kind of just like it's an afterthought. But you can't. I'm, I'm curious how many people listen and how how many people watch. You know. Well, you told me you thought it was almost funnier when you were just listening, right, as opposed to watching, and I, I kind of can see that. I, as well see uh, that Ooh, yeah that's not what i meant i am a guy to definitely laugh at my own jokes though i'm definitely like the guy that sits there and and will make up a joke and tell it and then laugh louder than anybody else and they're like what that's inappropriate <laughs> that's, that's why you're our podcast number one fan <laughs> i am if there was a way i don't even know how to i don't you know i i think uh i have listened to it on spotify just make just to make sure it works i can't listen to myself i just sound like my brothers it's it's really weird to me you sound most like like your sister (laughs) no you definitely sound like your brothers 100 percent. it's crazy you and jess uh, jess jesse i call him jess yeah Yeah, Yeah. i call him jess most of the time (laughs) hockey season started so we've been chatting a lot he's giving himself a lot of credit for my fantasy hockey team it's like, man, it's gonna be the quickest rebuild ever, thanks to me. All right, thanks. Why to was you. he doing? Yeah, he gave me a Is few he... tips on who to draft and stuff like uh... that. I did, I did take him up on one of his tips. Who'd you draft? I drafted a German uh, rookie. Plays uh, for the Ottawa Senators, named Stutzel, and uh, he just played in that World Junior tournament. And he was the he got player of the tournament, which is tough to get on a team like Germany where, you know, they don't, they don't even make it to the medal round, but he had five goals, five assists for Germany. And, you know, I love my, I love my team Germany's. So, uh, it was an easy, easy choice for me. That's right. You have scored uh, already. Wasn't it, uh, was it, uh, world cup Germany won that one year. Remember you, we watched it in Burbank by my house. We went to that, like that pub that had German food or something. Remember? Yeah, I do remember. What's that place yeah. called? It's pretty badass. Old Schlagens, something like that. It's like Goldfingers, or you know, or I love gold. I was. I, I have all remember. my German jerseys for for uh, soccer, football, whatever you want to call it, uh, depending on where you're listening. Foosball. I like to call it foosball. I do That's love to play only. foosball. I do love to play some foosball too. Do you do spinner spinnies or no spinnies? I say no spins. You know, you got to keep it in control. There's no reason to get a, you know, all OOC. It's <laughs> the so worst when you play something, they, they set up and then, then they just like, bam, And that's yeah. like, and it's, I'm like, well, that's impossible to save that unless it literally just <laughs> hits your player and bounces off. I'm like, this is stupid. Oh, for uh, nothing. And you're like, all right. This I is quit. dumb. <laughs> I, love, I love pub games. Any kind of pub game, man, I'm a gamesman. I love it. I like any kind of yep. You know, pool is probably my least favorite, but I like ping pong, shuffleboard. Anytime there's a game, I'm just like, ah, oh, yes. I had, I had a couple of friends that like were like pool sharks. His buddy uh, uh, Brandon, him and his brother Byron, they were like pool sharks, and they just were so good at pool. So we would go to like the pub, and he they could beat anybody and he told me one time i think he played some guy that brought his own pool cue and like you know oh, they, nice. they screw yeah. it together yeah <laughs> and he beat him and the guy like snapped it in half or something but it was pretty cool that's amazing if, you, you know, if your pool <laughs> cue fails you once you need a new one <laughs> you got snapping in half when it comes unscrewed you're like oh i don't get so mad you unscrew it in half unless it's in a <laughs> bar room brawl and i'm doing it over, over some guy's day. back <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. It's always some over some guy's back because they pre-cut it, so it has to break or doesn't look doesn't look like it hurts. We know the movie magic. We know the movie magic. If it didn't break, it would probably actually hurt more. You're like, oh my god! But if it breaks, it would release the tension. <laughs> Movie's got to figure that shit out. 
We made a little movie. We uh, we did some, spend some time filming <laughs> on tour. Uh, Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, our our murder mystery movie. We had some of our uh, our our friends guest appear. Yes. Oh, that's so good. Well, anyone that listens to it uh, hears it think that it's a porn. It's not. Sherlock Holmes and Doc, Dr. Twatson. That's right. Um, Officer Schlongfellow is, uh, was played by Dean. Dean, Dean uh, Officer Schlongfellow. So everything was some porn thing, but there was no porn. It was like a, it was a, we, it was a real script. The script we actually was what sold it, scripted. I mean. Yeah. It was, because there's twists and turns, there's arcs and character arcs. And <laughs> It was good, man. Yeah, we would have like guests. So that if we were tour on tour with a band, we would get like someone from the opening band. Hey, you want to play a hooker? Like, yeah, sure. Rick Rick from Adelita's Way. Played a hooker, yep. Yeah. Uh, we made him lay in like, because we'd do a show and then we would film after the show, like until the buses left. So we're like, hey, we got three hours till the yeah. buses leave. <laughs> so uh, we would, and of course, before the show, me and you would go reconnaissance scout. search, scout locations, and we'd mm-hmm. find like someone's dressing room or some, some, uh, you know, brick wall or alley we're like this is perfect got great light right here (laughs) that's right we'd make it work we just had to make it work and it was odd we had we were mic'd up for sound and then it was great and it's funny because everybody that hears about it is like oh yeah and then we play them a scene and they're like Okay, this is like a real movie. Really good. Like, yeah. Really good. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like, all costume. We, we, had, we oh, would yeah. fly with that costume bag. I remember we flew to the UK and it was like, I think it was like, try to limit how many bags of gear and stuff we take. And there's like 21 pieces of gear That's and right. a huge hockey bag full of costumes. And <laughs> wigs. Hookers. <laughs> really wigs important. Stuff. Yeah. Oh my God. One good time stuff. we went through and they, they pulled the bag out to the x-ray machine and they showed yep. us like there's a gun in here. We're like, what? And we had like a fake <laughs> toy gun, in there, yeah. gun, toy gun. And they went through it and they found it. We're like, Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you, can keep that. you can keep that. You prop. can keep it. <laughs> Imagine me at the airport. just like a big, huge bag full of women's wigs. It looked pretty awesome. Gun. Cause it was just like a gun on the x-ray full, just revolver. Yeah, they, yeah it was. We're like, ah, Oh yeah. That's no, that's a, that's a fake gun. It's a fake gun. It's one of our favorite things, you know, like when we were touring, it was, uh, you know, you find something, something to do with the, with the opening bands, just hang out and get them in production of the movie, get them holding lights or cameras or doing something. Yeah. Oh, so much fun. Me and you got into cameras, stuff like that. We get like certain, like, I got this like steering wheel thing. You'd mount the camera inside so you could run and like turn it, look like you're chasing someone down. It's always little props we would get. But uh, yeah, so now every time I see someone like who's got a camera or a lens, I'm like, what kind of lens is that? What do you got in there? Check that out. Unfortunately, the project just froze in time. You know, we stopped uh, touring, I guess, at one time. And then a couple of the crew guys that were kind of staples for the the actual storyline were working with other bands. And we're like, man, we can't shoot that without Nick. We need Nick. She played uh, Madame Nutrash. (laughs) Madame Nutrash, yeah. (laughs) We filmed everywhere. We filmed around the world. We filmed some. Yeah. We we filmed some in the UK, and Dean was Officer Schlongfellow, and he was dressed dressed like a full Bobby. Yeah, and old stick. we were, yeah, and we had a yeah, and a Billy Club, and we were in the street filming. We set up these lights that would flash to look like cop lights on the wall. <laughs> yeah. So when we film, it looked like there was a cop car, and cars would come by, and Dean would be directing traffic. Remember? Amazing. And people would listen to him because he looked like a Bobby. And then didn't we go we back to our hotel? The, yeah, we went back to the hotel <laughs> and we just like walked into full costume into the elevator and somebody's like, what are the Bobbies doing here? <laughs> yeah, because Dean was just dressed in a full Bobby with a billy club. And they're like, what's the Bobbies doing here? Yeah, I love pipe, it. Full shirt, Doc Holmes. So much good. So, much, so many good memories filming that. I, I, we got to release some scenes somewhere. We just have to build something out of it because it's there's too much good stuff. Like we need to make a three minute trailer out of everything that we have, and then that'll be just good enough. There was some good stuff. I remember I'd figured out how on like Final Cut to make like you know the Batman. Yeah, it would spin, but it was my face. Spin in and out. I cut out of the pipe. The pipe, yeah. And you know I did it. I put it on your record player. That's right, and filmed it from above i filmed it on your record player spinning 
And then I just zoomed in on it and it would just like spin. And I, I you make like a key or something that's called it. It's like a green screen thing. And it gets, it's amazing how I figured all that stuff out. You know, the criminal mind is no match for your <laughs> highly right. intelligent, sophisticated skills of deduction. You know, <laughs> yeah, that was one of the things that you were always the smart one. And I just, uh, I would cut you off and repeat what you were saying. And you'd be like, oh, very good. Well said, Chuck. <laughs> well said, indeed. <laughs> Yeah, it was so good. Uh, people well, like, people, people want to see this now after hearing. They're going to have to, we're going to have to try to figure out a way to get some of this out there. Well, there's always, we can always do part two. You were talking about doing something else, like something in the future or time machine or something. I don't know what you were talking about. I don't know either, man. Half the stuff, just, time I'm so talking. amazing ideas. Yeah. You know, Hollywood, <laughs> uh, give us a shout. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what are we doing you, today? Uh, we're, we're talking with our friend, what, Aaron Jones? Aaron Jones, man. That'd be fun. We toured we toured with him uh, a ways back. We never got him in our movie. We never got him in our movie, though, did we? No. He was, he was, was post. Was post. Yeah. Yeah. That's too bad. Would have been fun. He would have been a good hooker. That's true. I was just dead thinking hooker. the same thing. Yeah. And all hookers die. That's the thing. Like, you want to play a dead hooker? So you have to, like, yeah. lay on the cement. Don't move. So Rick, yeah, Rick laid in the grass and just got eaten alive by... You got a bunch of highs or bites from... Bites, yeah. Poor, but he never broke guy. character. He never broke nope. character. He he's uh, props to Rick to Jesus for that. He's a professional, you know. And he <laughs> got paid. He got paid accordingly. Yeah, he got paid what <laughs> his his value. Yeah, exactly. I was telling you uh, that I started watching that Night Stalker TV yeah, show so documentary. I don't. I don't <laughs> really know anything about it. You said it's a documentary about some murderer. Murderer. Oh, it's so scary. It's so because it's like all anything that it's like always seventies and eighties, right? So it's always yep. like when they show you the footage, it's like creepy. The just the footage is like back then, like the color and like the way they took shots. Ugh. Back then, I'm and I'm like, man, they, they couldn't even like they didn't even get a, a Nest camera notification that there was somebody creeping in their backyard. They didn't get any kind of the neighborhood ring <laughs> saying, "Hey, man, some weird dude." just climbed in a window yeah no it's scary i was actually having a bath watching it watching the first episode and it's one of those things where i'm like i live alone so i'm like so then you go the scenario goes to your head you're like what if he like comes in the bathroom right now what do i do i'm like well i throw the I get up i throw the towel on him do you ever have those There's like full scream oh yeah i thought about screaming <laughs> neighbors will hear me but you ever thought about how do you have full fight scenarios in your head like what would happen then i'm like well then i'm like i'm gonna be naked so then I'd be embarrassed. What if I die naked? Aww. Dude, I'm prepared for everything. <laughs> totally prepared for everything. <laughs> I have weapons yeah. hidden everywhere in my house. If you go in, if you open the garage really? door, that's where my sword is. I have a sword there. You just grab that. If somebody breaks in and you need to like, and they've got some kind of a medieval weapon, go for the sword. Touche. Yeah. The sword. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got some throwing knives. That's true. I, stuff, I gotta hide stuff where the kids can't reach it. Because I don't need. I was just going to say, having at one point you fights. start having to hide this, so your kids all of a sudden you come home and your kids are playing with swords. Yeah, I don't you know, want like, that. Yeah, <clears throat> that would be bad. What about like? I always thought about doing booby traps. I feel that those would backfire immediately. I, it actually backfire while I was making it. I'd set a booby trap right. up and then I walk into the kitchen and oh god. <laughs> or you're, you're like setting up a rifle and tying a string to the trigger. <laughs> yeah, a shotgun. Yeah, in my closet. I'm like, yeah, come on in. This this will do the trick. <laughs> no chance. This will so, fail. So amazing. So never going to work. Didn't some guy do that? He set up a shotgun. I heard the story. Shut up. And, then he, and, and he opened the door and a blue went off and killed him. It sounds kind of familiar. Yeah, Google it. Someone Google it and let us know. Email us. If not, no one emails us and lets us know when I say that. No one does. I don't check the email. That's, I don't know how to do yeah. that. Well, hook it up. Uh, but uh, we are going to try to, we did on another podcast talk about our old uh, uh, teacher from high school, the music teacher. Our old guitar teacher, Phil Ayers. So we got his info and yeah. you are going to reach out to him, right? Maybe I'll give him a call tomorrow. Let's, I'll just give him a call and, and see if uh, anybody answers the phone because it's not a cell number. <laughs> it's, Does it's he have an area code? It's a landline. The number is 555. We're like, no, this is not correct. This is, yeah. But I found uh, a friend sent me on Instagram, sent me 
um, a full hour and 20 minute uh, thing of the high school music uh, performance when showcase. all the students showcase play for the um, their parents and stuff. And Phil Ayers was up there on the podium. He was like, okay, next up is Tyler Connolly. Uh, he's going to play guitar. And it was pretty cool, man, seeing some old friends, like, jamming out. Uh, showcase uh, is where, like, <laughs> it's where I, I learned to perform in front of people. I loved Showcase so much. It was the, the best thing. I was p- performing in Showcases even after I graduated from high school with just, like, my younger brother's friends. So did you go back and hit on some chicks or you go, hey, I used to go to school here. Dude, I was in it for the music, man. Not really. Music, all right. Come on. You know better. I do. You know better. (laughs) So you went back? Yeah, we went back for uh, Neil Cooley's performance uh, and it was, well, it was epic. It was full like death metal. Did he write the song? He played drums because he was, it was music composition. So, you know, he was a drummer, so he didn't really do anything, but he did, he did, he did get up on stage and get graded on our performance. So luckily he passed with flying colors, a plus <laughs> Phil Ayers never, I think everyone got a plus Phil Ayers was the best teacher. He, he, I remember him calling us the dumbest dirt corner. It was like, <laughs> it was like a, but Sounds it was a right. term of endearment. Like he he did it, and it he, when he said it, it made us feel welcome. You know, we were the dumbest dirt corner. Me, Pete, Shane, and Matt Wood, and uh, it was uh, it was fun. We were always learning Matt Wood? Kind of songs. Matt Wood, Matt Wood, the Same. drummer. No, the other guy, the, the hairdresser. Okay, that's two, two <laughs> people listening going, "What? There was two of them. There's two two Matt Woods." <laughs> Anyway, one went on to become the drummer and singer in Pride Tiger, Tiger, yeah, which is uh, a really great band. They, they only put out one record, uh, but it's a really great record. It I is. Love it. I love it. It's good, kind of a seventies rock. I don't know how to describe. It. I don't like describing stuff. Just listen to it. You'll enjoy yeah. it. I would say, uh, like almost Thin Lizzy ish. If you yep. were to try to compare it to something, it was it was like right up that alley. Yeah, I like a. It's it's fun that we we went to the same school, but you were not there the same time as me. You're three years younger. Yeah. So you missed out on all the cool parties and stuff that I went to. All the hot <laughs> babes. Know you know I'm I old when I say hot babes. I don't know if I missed out it's on cringeworthy. Anything, but no. Uh, but it's it's sad because like Dean, uh, he went to the rival high school. I don't know if he I, even had a they had a music program there. The hills down there in the hills. hills. Yeah, he lived in the hills. It's like the Beverly Hills of Delta, <laughs> Sunshine Hills, where rich people lived. <laughs> uh, the rival school, I love it. <laughs> uh, but we always talk about Dean on these. There's always a good Dean story. And I was thinking on our last one, we forgot. I want to talk about Dean in Los Angeles and his the history of Dean. And his, his I don't know what... <laughs> He has an issue with Los Angeles for some reason. He says the smog. That's right. But it could be the multiple alcoholic drinks he has. Because something sure. about that, that town makes you want to get out and party. Well, we, you know, Dean and I were roommates. You know, we would always hotel room up together. So a lot of times he would go out in L.A. with one of his buddies. Uh, I forget his name, but he always go out with the, that buddy and and like yeah, roll into the room. AJ or something. Yeah, he'd roll into the room at like three or four in the morning, and I hear him knocking things over and stuff. I loved it. <laughs> and I just listened to him go back to sleep. Because we did a first time when we first got signed to Roadrunner, we that they had an LA office, and I think we did a t- like a ton of press, <clears throat> like an insane amount. Right. Is that what I mean? You we did a photo shoot for some guitar magazine. Oh, they dude. turned us into like about, you're trying to ask me to recollect 2002 <laughs> here. <laughs> I think we had to Man. do like they turned us into like comic book characters or something. It was for some Spider Man thing or something. I don't remember. I think we did a photo shoot, but there was so many. There was so so much press that they had to split us up into two cars because L.A. is the worst. This takes you half forty minutes to get to one interview. Right. But the one we, time there was uh we stopped and we got a bunch of Krispy Kreme donuts. 
I don't know because you and D, it was you and Dean, and then me and Tim went in another car. Yeah. So I don't know. And Dean was in the back seat behind the driver, who was the label guy, and I was in shotgun. And then Dean just projectile vomited like straight <laughs> at the back of the headrest. And I would just remember getting like something all over my arm. Uh, like, what happened here? <laughs> and like, yeah, and like, it was tough. Like we, like we drove a block. Uh, and thankfully, in LA, there's like a car wash on every corner. So we just like pulled in. Dean felt terrible. He was, I mean, literally felt terrible. He just sat on this side of the road. I'm like, and the, the radio, the record label red pad. Like in his hair. Because uh, it was the headrest. This is so gross, too. But it was the headrest that's like, it's not solid. It was like a, had like a window. It was like a window frame. That's right. You can slide them up and down. <laughs> like a Honda or something. Uh, uh, good, good memories. Good memories. Well, I mean, you want to just like destroy the guy talking terrible. Hey, we've all done it, man. You you took a video of me in the Bahamas, like vomiting on myself. I don't. I, oh, I wish I, I had. Ah. I don't remember any of that. That whole. How did I not save that forty-hour period of time where I was just blackout drunk? Hey, man, you know what happens to all of us? Happens. Well, we just finished a, a tour. And I don't know why, but it was like there was three days or something between or four days between tours or something. Yeah. So everyone was like, we're going home. I'm like, wow, I'm not going home for four days. Fly all the way to LA for, and then, and so me, you and our tour manager are like, you want to go to the Bahamas? Cause he's a scuba diver. And we're like, let's go. It's your birthday. It was your birthday. It was my birthday. That's what it was. I don't want to go home for four days. So we flew to the Bahamas for like three days or something. And he, of course, booked us in some, Resort, which turned out to be really, yeah, it's some, it was a decent resort. That every time, it's a decent resort. It was it was called Breezes. Yeah, it was awesome. It was fun, um, but it was nowhere near like the, where everything was happening. We're like, why are we? Yeah. Why are we way out here? There was nowhere. We had to take a cab to go do anything. <laughs> and like the guys like, oh, this is this is a scuba diving because this is a big scuba diver. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, okay. So, uh, but it was, now I know. it was good, but I don't know what happened. Like we flew in early morning or something. No, we played in Northern Ontario. I remember every detail. And then we, we <laughs> drove, and then we drove and we got on a, to an airport. We flew to Toronto and it was like a two hour flight or an hour and a half flight. And I slept that whole flight. And then we got into Toronto and we flew from Toronto to the Bahamas Yes, And I did not sleep on that flight. I stayed awake the whole time and we got there and then I just couldn't eat. I was like, oh, I feel terrible. And we but just could drink and we just started drinking gin and tonics. I was just drinking gin and tonics, putting them back. And I, I don't really remember much. I remember floating with the volleyball at one point, like just floating back yeah. volleyball and a gin. And then I remember waking up in, in bed with like bloody knees. <laughs> and I was like, well, I because I slept when I got when we got there. I just you guys were swimming. And I just laid in a, you know, whatever, chair, sunbathing chair. What do you call those things? Yeah, Lounger? Sure. Sounds right. And I fell asleep and I woke up. Tyler, Tyler, get in here, man. <laughs> Play some volleyball or something like that. I can remember you seeing you and you were already oh, hammered. Man. I'm like, no, I'm good. I and then I woke up. in the hot dog. <laughs> yeah, we ate some hot dogs. That's the only thing that was there. That hot dog stand was outside. <laughs> And I came and found you, and you're you're passed out on this lounger. I'm like, how you doing? You all right? And you're like, yeah, man, I'm doing great. And Feel then you good. Fountain, fountain vomited all over yourself. <laughs> uh, but you know what? I, I uh, I'm proud of myself for that uh, that trip because the next morning we had early early tea time for your birthday, yep. and I was right. like death. I woke up and I drug myself down to the area with that like the catering area. And I, was, I just wanted water, water, right? No, I wanted oh. some water, but I couldn't find anybody or anything. And I found like the breakfast juice machine and I grabbed like those tiniest little plastic cups and I filled one with apple juice and one with cranberry juice. And I remember walking back to my hotel room <laughs> with these two stupid things. And I just find when I got back to my room, I drank them and then I just started puking all over the place. And then <laughs> we went golfing and I continued to puke on the course. <laughs> But hey, yeah, we had, he had one, that par three where we both put it like within six to eight feet away, and it was like a hundred and sixty yard par three or something. We put those beauties in there. Well, the guy was uh, the was course the, was called he was Ocean. 
Yeah, Ocean, Ocean Club. Ocean Club. Oh my God! What an amazing course! Like, yeah, literally, you put your ball into the sand. It was this. It was the beach. Like, yeah, I hit a ball into the water, and you could see my ball like ten feet down at the bottom of the ocean. I'm like, there it is. Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> that was a great day. Picture that was a great trip. Yeah, we just we that just was awesome. booked around right when we finished. We booked around for the next day. We're like, let's play again tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah, and we're like, how much is it? You're like, yeah, uh, three hundred bucks. We're like, all right, <laughs> all right, let's do it. Yeah, yeah. I think you still uh, were puking, and you still played better than I did. You were like, Ugh, and then you hit a, got a birdie. Game <laughs> turned around at, at the turnaround when I got a hoagie. Yeah, probably <laughs> some kind of pre-made wrapped in like hard plastic hoagie. It was really delicious. Whatever, good times. There's endless amounts of road stories. And you're going to hear all of them. I love reminiscing about them. To tell you the truth, it's good yeah. to take a trip down memory memory lane. The thing is, like, we don't we don't uh, exaggerate. This is exactly what happened. Like, it's not like because you know some people over time their story changes, and you're like, nah, come on, <clears throat> tell the real. That's exactly what happened. We don't. Yeah. We're not making shit up. There's some good ones that you, we can't even tell. <laughs> it's just so fun ah but uh yeah let's get to our guest today i think we could do that yeah. let's talk to him our guest today is a seattle-born musician and songwriter considered to be a rising star in rock and roll his forthcoming debut album on major label big machine john varvados starts with a new hit song take me away which is out now please welcome aaron jones hello i'm here what's happening man <laughs> We got to we got to get some like sound effects. I've seen oh, some yeah. fake audience. <laughs> some yeah. fake audience. RJ screaming. from Hillstorm has uh, he's got a uh, he's got like a producer guy and he hits like fart noises and stuff. <laughs> so, that's, so that's the next step for us. We need some fart noise machine machines. Cough. We're, we're we're in Seattle though, just like coughing noises. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, rain, just rain, pitter patter of rain. But uh, yeah, you grew up in Seattle, man. So you're still in Seattle, born, raised forever. You ever think about maybe leaving Seattle? Because I remember we were chatting. That was a few months ago or something. And you were in L.A. doing some stuff. And yeah. you were kind of like, can't wait to go home. <laughs> you know, well, it, it's it, that's true, man. It's I, I do love it here in Seattle. I've thought about moving, man. Um, but, you know, it's just kind of hard to uproot. You know what I mean? Especially in, in a place that I've called home and you know, a place that I, I really identified with and I identify with in my music and have carried with me and stuff like that, you know, so it makes it, it makes it harder and harder for me to live, leave. And as my career grows, I'm finding like, you know, there's, there's more opportunities to expand, you know, what I'm doing in Seattle. And so I'm looking forward to at some point owning some businesses and doing some things out here too. So, you know, but I thought about wow. it, man, it's definitely, it's definitely crossed my mind, uh, you know, to move and it, my labels in Nashville. I talked to my wife about that recently, moved to Nashville. I'm like four kids, move no <laughs> you know so well i'm in the southeast I'm, I'm in chattanooga so it's not too far from nashville but i will say I, I definitely miss the pacific northwest every now and again there's like pacific northwest-esque weather and i'm like oh you feel that it feels like, <laughs> feels like home it feels like home right here today i'm just gonna go outside walk around it's cold it hurts yeah yeah man. I, yeah, yeah that's, i do love that's, the pacific uh, northwest that's something I love about about being here. It's like there is definitely the opportunity to, um, in contrast to to really have an adoration for the different seasons and the changes of the weather and all that. You know, uh, the nine months of rain can be pretty rough. <laughs> you know, when yeah. it's raining forever, sky's just pissing on your face. Everything's just you know. So, what's super important to like, especially because we tour. It's always important because sometimes you're stuck somewhere overseas or you're traveling somewhere really far. Your home life to go back to the place you feel so at home and comfortable, it becomes the most important thing above all because it's like, because you know, you go on tour for six weeks or something, and at the last week you're just counting the hours. Mm -hmm. So you're like on that plane, charging station. So you're, yeah, 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 and then you right. get two weeks to recharge before you go back out. You know, so it's important when you get home to be able to just like to actually recharge and, and you know so you can get back out there and do more work. And I, I will say that that's that's one of the the benefits I think of, of living in the Pacific Northwest. Is it's, it honestly is a great. I mean, people come here from around the world to recharge, and 
you know, be, be encompassed by the, the nature and, and all that, you know, um, I will say even then at, at the, uh, as I'm getting older, I'm getting less and less inclined to want to live, you know, I'm born and raised in the city, like in the central district, which is right outside of downtown. And so I've been a city boy, downtown boy my whole life. And we to this point now with the kids and the wife and all that, where I'm just like, man, <laughs> I'm over the noise. I'm over the people. I'm over yeah. all of it. So I want to, I do want to find myself a little piece of land and a little, little area where we can just kind of be alone and make some noise, you know, like I need to get a recording studio and all the stuff I need to be successful in the music industry. See, well, maybe you need the, maybe you need the second location, you know, you need your home base yeah. in Seattle and then you need a few acres out in Tennessee near mm-hmm. the label where you can put up a little studio. Anyway, we've figured, uh, Ty and I will life coach you through this. We will oh, get you <laughs> exactly <laughs> where you. <laughs> that would be amazing. Man. That's awesome. I, I think that's one of the things people I don't, don't know if I'd be a good life coach. <laughs> people don't realize that about the. I think a lot of people don't realize that about the music industry is how how taxing it is. You know, on your body and stuff. I was talking to some friends of mine recently about like, you know, if I go back on tour, I'm going to need to work out and get in shape. And she's like, why? <laughs> I'm like, well, you know, it's just incredibly taxing. You know, the last thing you want to do is go sit on a bus or be stationary for, you know, six to eight weeks at a time and go, go into it out of shape. You know what I'm saying? And you come out just like, yeah. you know, just, just it's hard, to, it's hard to eat healthy on tour. It's, I mean, Dean and Ty, they're pretty good at finding ways to exercise. Uh, I'm not really trying to find ways, so I'm pretty good at doing <laughs> that as well. So. Dave, let me be your life coach. I'm also accomplishing <laughs> my goals of not trying to exercise. It's funny, man. Yeah. Well, in the beginning, too, like, I, we would see, like, even ourselves, like, we would just eat like shit. And so it would just be garbage food. Every night, most of us were just getting drunk. And then it would catch up and like, you just get sick and the you get worn out. After a show and somebody's like, who had the sausage for dinner? Oh no. Somebody burped, <laughs> stage. somebody burped on stage and you're like, who was it? Who did it? Oh, no. Guilty. And, uh, yeah, Guilty. I had the spaghetti with Italian sausage. When you're facing your, in your mind, your mind's into the music, but your eyes are looking around like, who just, who just farted? Who the fuck was that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude. There's I've been on stage and I walked on and been like, "Whoa, what? <laughs> Someone, what has happened?" And I, and of course, after the show, I'm like, "Hey, which one of you like ripped one?" And they're like, "No, <laughs> no." I'm like, "Because they would, fe- someone would fess up. They don't care. They're like, yeah, it was me. Sorry." Oh, yeah. But yeah, I've smelt the sausage burp or the <sighs> garlic burp when I've been somewhere, and I'm like, "Who was that?" And Dave was like, "That was me." <laughs> it's usually <laughs> me because I don't drink anything now until I step on stage, right? So there's nothing, there's nothing moving that along until I get on stage and I start powering a few beers in the first few songs, yeah. chugging beers, and then all of a sudden things start happening. Start moving, man. That's how it goes. Yeah. That's what I had for dinner. Oh, I just yeah. made that mistake, man. I, the one thing I've, I've had to learn in the past few years is as a singer, I used to have, I have this buddy of mine, he's been a good friend, good supporter of my band and my music for years. And the one thing I had to really learn <laughs> was like not what foods to eat, what foods not to eat before a show. And, uh, and my buddy happens to be like Italian, you know, so it would be like just the heaviest food, man, Italian right. food before a show. And it would just wreck me <laughs> every single time. It's all timing. It's all timing too. Cause I find sometimes when you're when you're in an opening slot especially you you know like you can't you're on at like 7 p.m and you're like well i can't eat at five that's too close i'll try to and it's catered you're like catering closes at 7 30 right when we finish our set so i guess what i'll do is i'll eat a peanut butter and jam sandwich after the show again yeah exactly and that's that's terrible (laughs) that's the worst when you watch everybody else eat you know all all the bomb catering foods you know and you're just like everything stuck to the roof of your mouth (laughs) you know you go to a festival the festivals are the worst because sometimes you go to festival and like you fly in or whatever and it's like oh and you get tickets right Mm -hmm. everyone gets you get one ticket you lose a ticket you don't eat so you get like a ticket and you go in the blue tickets for lunch. Or you go up there and you're like, which ticket? The red ticket? No, blue ticket. Again, the blue. T-. And you get up there and it's like, what's for lunch? Barbecue. Yeah. And you're like, <laughs> you're like, you're kind of what's for dinner? What like, Barbecue. Just <laughs> wrecky, man. Just in, in yeah. your whole life, you know. I love it. Yeah, and you, some people be like, oh, I love I, barbecue. Sounds amazing. Like, yeah, but in yeah, 20 years, man, you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> so I, they, I skip it. And the crew guys, though, they love it. Yeah. They're the crew guys. Oh, pretty much it's all about the crew guys, anyways. Like, really a lot is. of that is for 
They're the ones working all day. Working. <laughs> mainly, mainly for the yeah. crew. Mainly for the crew. Those guys are the ones that really need that, man. It's like, you know, us, us artists and stuff, like, well, a phone call will make us okay in no time. <laughs> It'll be done, you know, but like, go for the crew and stuff. Those are the guys you really got to look out for because those are the guys that are making you look good, you know. So, man, we, we went on tour with Motley Crew on Crew Fest. That was catering. Like, that was. That was, I was, I couldn't touch some of the stuff because I it was, it was just too good for me. It'd be like tuna tartare. And I'd be like, oh, what? No. What? Fuck going That's on here? That's this is crazy. Yeah. That was some quality. Nights, right? What's that? Well, because they, uh, they travel with their own, uh, yeah, like they chef and their own caterer. I made friends with them. I like really was impressive. trying to befriend them. That's what I do. I, I would do that too, except for, you know, I come, my only chefs I have in my family are really like Southern cuisine. I just mm. feel like I'm, I'm just going to come out looking, you know, 20 pounds heavier from a tour from eating fried chicken. It could be dangerous. And, and, it could be and, dangerous. And uh, macaroni and cheese, everything has butter in it, you know. Oh yeah, it's a wreck. Uh, I've noticed in the south is everything is in casserole form. It's uh-huh. like, mm, uh, is there going to be any like vegetables? Yeah, it's broccoli, broccoli casserole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, my wife and I got engaged in uh in uh in New Orleans, and we were so pumped to be down there. We were so pumped to like, eat the food stuff. I never not two or through New Orleans a few times. I've been there uh opening for when I was working with this group called Deep Cotton. I, I did a, a festival with Janelle Monet and. You know, so I was down there for that, and I'd con- I got down with you guys again for uh, that. That we did the uh, House of Blues down there, uh, and then I went back. You know, after after that, that was when I decided to go. We, we would go down there, and that's where I would get engaged. You know, and I have ties to. I got family stuff down there, but I never really like jumped into the food. And we get down there, we realize everything is just like forty pounds. Like everything is just super butter. It's cream. It's super duper heavy. You know, delicious. Mm-hmm. Just wreck you, man. Just wreck you. You know, it's hard to it's hard yeah. to eat that diet all the time. It, that's why touring was fun, you know, because you could come to the south and you'd be like, "We're in the south for a week, so you know what? That's all good." Yeah, just take the you know. After this week, you could take it easier. Take now I live here, so I'm just like trying to learn how to make sausage and biscuits. <laughs> great. <laughs> Yeah. That's another one. Yeah, New Orleans, man. I remember the first time we played it. I think we it was Mardi Gras. It was the opening day of Mardi Gras or yeah. something. We were just like, whoa. Did the whole beads thing. Ate the king cake. I think it was with Three Doors Down. I think we were playing some old theater with Three Doors or something. And then uh, we went out on the town. And yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a, I like, and I, that's one question I have is, is it New Orleans, Narlins, New Orleans, New Orleans? I think it's all of the above. I think English is a made up language. Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter. English it's amazing when after Katrina hit, like we never went, it took so long for us to go back there and it was, you could still see the effects. I remember like just driving and seeing like hotel size buildings just boarded windows and they're just closed up and yeah it never really it never really came yep. back after no. that you know i don't think it never it yeah it really mm-hmm. had a hard time recovering yeah they never i didn't i didn't see that the, the recovery effort there was i mean it was it was a big debacle here in america and uh well i'm really glad that we, we actually spent some time touring there and, and went there kind of before all that happened but i remember a, one one fun story in new orleans was going to the uh we went to the aquarium ty do you remember that and we walked there in the pissing rain and that's when i realized like rain because we came from the pacific northwest where it rains all the time but then i experienced like the southern rain where Actual it was like rain. water and like i remember walking running from the bus to like 30 feet to the hotel door and being drenched i'm like i'm gonna need to grab a bag of clothes to change into when we get there and so we all brought bags of clothes and we went to the aquarium and we just got there and went in the bathroom changed into our dry clothes and that was walked it. around see the cool the, the thing about the northwest man the only thing only kind of rain we get like that and i don't know if people are familiar with this if you've been in the northwest you know what this is but um it's it's um we recently had something like that where the weather got really wild for a minute and what will happen is the, the weather it's off the it comes off the pacific ocean and what will happen is that when the jet stream kind of is right over seattle in the northwest area uh we get what's called an atmospheric river <laughs> which sounds exactly like 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 what it is like what it's it a is. river in the sky <laughs> and it just it just shits on you oh my lord yeah and it just shits on you man so we had a, a couple of days of that here and uh mudslides and the power was out all over western washington like hundreds of thousands of people at 
lost power. We lost power here. I mean, we were supposed to do this last week and uh, we couldn't do it because we, we were out of power. Like the, the internet was down across the region. My kid was out of school. Like it was terrible. It was awful. Man. It just goes to show that Seattle, even though it rains here, it's more of a light drizzle. Like if we got real rain, it's like, it's, it's pretty intense, man. It's pretty intense. What was the longest you went without power? Oh, that would have to be years ago, man. I had there was a similar storm like that back when I was in middle school, and uh, I think it was about a day and a half, two days without without power. Yeah, I went I went eight and a half days without power uh, in March, uh, right after Easter. We got hammered by a tornado, and it was eight and a half days before my house got pow- power again. That's insane, man. That's why I don't live in a place where the sky can. Um, can kill you so i try to <laughs> i didn't think that they knew i don't think that they knew the tornado could come through there either i think everyone was surprised but really, yeah that's, it was that that's surprising <laughs> i told i told people that like it was uh if, if you look at, if you think about it in the in like a, a dartboard like the funnel being my bullseye we were the second ring like the one bl- block parallel to my house the houses were leveled demolished and, that's a, that's and my house was some damage but it stood See, that's why that's why I also hesitate to move is because in Seattle we have like rain and earthquakes. <laughs> and that's about it. You know, we have a windstorm, right. which is just like fast winds. It's not really like yeah. a, a natural yeah. disaster. The, you know? the beauty about uh, tornadoes is they can't strike the place same place twice. Well, that's good. So what? Yeah, it's a, it's a mother nature law. Oh, OK. Tornado. <laughs> <laughs> It's one of the, it's one of the rules. I've seen one of the rules, rules, you know. that's, that's my education. Oh, my education training those comes from the movie Twister. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a great cast. Oh, that was an awesome movie. I love that. <laughs> we grew up, uh, we grew up in, I don't know, what, about two hours north yep. of Yuga FCL. Yeah, and uh, so we grew up in the whole grunge era so we would always see like videos and stuff see like something where pearl jam was at like more theater there's some pretty like for us at least for musicians there's some pretty badass like historic musical places like the more theater or uh showbox mm-hmm. in the market there uh or um what's well, called i think it's called i don't know what's called now it was called el corazon mm-hmm. and then before that was called the off ramp off ramp do you know what I'm talking about? The off ramp. That, that I think uh was that in Cap- it must have been Capitol Hill. I think that's that was uh turned to El Corazon. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's right. It's a little seedy little club. Mm-hmm. But but like all these famous bands have played all these places. So is there when you were growing up, was there like was there like a place like I cannot wait to like perform there or do my own show the, there? The crocodile, Numos, those are those are the places that that even now I think if you're coming up oh, yeah. as an indie, indie musician in Seattle, like that's that's those are the spots, you know, and like you dream of headlining your own show at, at, at like the big venues like that. Uh, the more theater, the theaters are, are cool too, but I think that's like the next step. So once you start playing shows in the crocodile, your next step is thinking, I want to do the more theater. I wanted the Paramount after that, you know. But I think uh, venues like like the crocodile. Um, like uh, like the Showbox, even but the Crocodile and the Neptune Theater; those are the big two big ones. I think people really look at to to get good shows. And, and in fact, like when I when I got signed to Big Machine, well, before I got signed, they they came out to the show we did. A show we did the Crocodile, uh, which was interesting because that was like the first time. I remember the first time I did a show with the Crocodile, thinking to myself, "We got to sell this out," you know. And then years later, I mean, we've sold the Crocodile out probably uh, close to six or seven times in the years that I played it. And then uh, wow. on the, my very last show there before the pandemic hit, I was my very last, actually it was my very last show in Seattle period right before the pandemic hit. And uh, we had sold it out on the Thursday night, which is the, the night before the show was supposed to to open, which was the, the earliest we'd ever sold it out, you know? Um, but yeah, those, those are the venues that, that people are look at, look up to and they go, man, we can't wait to play the show box. We can't wait to deadline this or that, you know? So I think the crocodile forever will be that spot though. You know, like that's the place that, you know, if you really want to cement your your legend, especially as a rock artist in Seattle, that's the spot you want to sell out. We've never played there. We have to play the Croc. I used to go to Seattle for shows. If you were a music fan in Vancouver, you were probably disappointed a few times when the act that you wanted to see got held up at the border and didn't yep. get to make it through it would happen so often you would have tickets to a show and you'd be like oh so and so is coming to the town pump and then they'd get held up at the border because it was a tough border crossing and everybody had drugs i guess i don't know just assumed. that's right and now that i'm in a band i know that's <laughs> true mm-hmm. 
<laughs> yep. Oh. I wonder why they couldn't make it into Canada. Yeah. One of the crew guys didn't have the proper uh, paperwork. Yeah. So no, you just have to start buying weird. tickets and go see them in Seattle. If you really wanted to see them, don't take a chance that they're not going to make it because uh, it was just too many times disappointed. There was, there and no, no bands come across Canada. They just dip in. They do their American tour and dip in from Seattle, play Vancouver, and then get back. Oh, get yeah. Back I mean, because yep. Canada, I mean, I don't know if this tax, the tax thing still applies, but they would tax the crap out of American artists, man. They really would. They would hit us with, with hard taxes, which made it hard for American artists to, especially if you're independent, to get out there, you know? So you had all these underground bands in, in, in the States that wanted to go play Canada, but like didn't want to deal with the tax, taxes that were applied every time you went out there, yep. you know? And I, and I can relate to yep. the drug thing. I mean, I, remember, I mean, you know, we're from Seattle. We were big weed heads. Everybody's, everybody in the Northwest is, is a weed head at this point, you know, and always has been. I probably always will be, but... Even when we were on tour with you guys, we were traveling. I mean, we were traveling through. We were chasing you guys. You guys had a, had a, had a tour bus. We had a minivan, <laughs> and we're, you know, so we're trying to keep up with the with the bus. And we we're traveling through Nassau County, and I had a few drinks or something like that, and we got pulled over because uh, the drummer needed to like take a piss. We pulled to the side of the road, and he's pissing the road. All of a sudden, the, the the lights come up and blow us up, you know. And the cop comes to the car, and he asks for everyone's ID. And, uh, and for a minute there, I remember thinking to myself, like, nah, fuck that. He's not supposed to ask for my ID. You know, trying to say I'm not the one getting pulled over. Like, thinking, like, some right flex, right, right flex shit you see on the internet where people are like, nah, what's first amendment? Right. First amendment. No, nah, man, first amendment. Fuck that. Nah, first <laughs> amendment. Right. I, got my, I got my rights. You know, so I'm thinking this in my head at first, and I realized, like, there are three brown dudes in this car <laughs> in Nassau County. I'm not going to stop for this moment to be like, yo, man, not nah, right flex. Hold up, man. Why you taking my... Okay. Like, no problem, sir. Here you go. Yeah, absolutely no problem. <laughs> We had, the, we had the white guy driving the van. There you are, officer. Yeah, there you are, officer. There you go. You had the white guy driving the van. So luckily, he, he had it held down. I got this guy. So uh, what seems to be the problem, officer? How can we help you? Yeah. <laughs> you know? So he gets the, uh, I, I, used to, I used to always take your guys' bud for you guys anyway. So oh, you yeah, were all good. Should, yeah. That's, <laughs> what? That's sweet, man. Yeah. But uh, what a nice guy. So, yeah, it's, it's – I can I can relate, man. I mean, I and I've yet to do shows in Canada, man. I, I've been wanting to so bad to cross over the border and get get in there, and, and I'll probably I mean that'll probably happen now that I'm signed and things are opening back up. I mean, and the single's been doing pretty decently in, in Canada, so hopefully we'll we'll get a chance to get back up there. But you know, they'd love you out there, man. They'd love you up there. I'm looking forward to it, man. Yeah. I, I've been really I've been kind of chomping at the bit to get out there in the UK and all that stuff, and and luckily, you know, as the, the single has been blown up, uh, we're getting getting the opportunities to to start showing up in, in different places around the world and even canada so i'm excited man yeah you're getting some good some good looks which is great for us like we're just cheering you on being rock guys because uh you know rock can be quite uh can you say animos well you know and there's some there you know people get kind of bitter when they see other people do well but they don't realize that like especially now with rock and roll like you need as many people as possible to to kind of go out there and make people see rock and roll that it can be fantastic. So we're always cheering on friends, but anybody in rock, but with friends, especially you, like we see where you're doing. We're just like, yes. Oh man, I, I appreciate. Let's that. get on the podcast. We <laughs> <laughs> won't do it. That's awesome, man. I I appreciate that, man. You know that that tour we did with you guys uh, back in seventeen was as I mean we were still independent back then too, man. So like. You know, just to be on a big tour like that was such an opportunity. And it was the first time that we, I think we'd been on a big, big national tour like that. Like we'd done some stuff with eight week, eight week indie tours, you know, playing little clubs yeah. here and there, playing some, I mean, we played this, uh, this venue down in, in near downtown uh, Utah <laughs> and that was terrible. Salt Lake City, man. It was terrible. Like, we showed up and we're like, where's the sound guy? We're like, you're the, you're the sound guy. Okay. <laughs> Where's the equipment? Who you else know? was on that run with us? Who did we do that? Who else uh, was on that run? Royal Republic out of, out of uh, Sweden. Uh, right, yeah. right. Royal Republic. Man, that was a good tour. That, that was a good bill yes, right was. there. That was fun, man. That was a great That's tour. when we got uh, pe- pepper spray bombed out of... Uh, was that Reno? Was that Reno? Was that that tour? No, that wasn't. No, that wasn't that tour. I think no, that was okay. a leg. You guys hit that leg, that, that Reno, that Reno leg after we hopped off. So we were we were with you guys for about seven weeks, and then and then you guys hit right, that okay. No, you you missed a good one. Oh shit! It's <laughs> <one. laughs> been more than one. I felt, but those are the best stories. That's those are the stories you get to hold on to and tell years from now when you're playing, uh, you know, the Paramount or whatever, and you can go, I remember when we played this place where I had to do sound, and st- those are the greatest stories. They are, man. You know, really people, don't to, people don't want to hear the stories where you complain that you ran out of bacon in the catering, 
you know, or the masseuse didn't show up backstage. No. Those are the stories your friends tell. Trust me, <laughs> hear those ones. Sleep, sleeping on, on, sleep on, on some chick's couch, and then her boyfriend comes home. You got to dip out. You know, <laughs> you know listen to oh, he's back. Run! Oh man, that happens uh, to me so much. <laughs> you know, like those, are, those are the best stories, man. I definitely, I remember a lot of those stories, man. Those are, and I, I cherish those. I mean, those are. You know, I don't, I don't want to go back. You know, at this point, no. I go. You know, being signed after you yeah. get signed, it, if you've been indie for a long time, and if you get signed, and especially if you get signed by a good label, and, and you get a great team of people. I mean, we we share some some of the same team. Uh, you know, my project and you guys' projects share some of the same team, so I know you can probably relate to this to an extent. Um, but you know, when you're doing the indie grind, and then all of a sudden you get the help that you that you've like so longed for for a long time, you never want to go back. You never want to go back. I wouldn't trade it for the world, man. I really wouldn't. Like, uh, but no. but I do cherish those moments sitting in the minivan and like and all the stories, man. Just crossing the you know the United States and just meeting the people. I mean, that's that was that you know touring is what really developed my affinity for where I'm from and the people of America, you know, and, and the different backgrounds, which I really enjoyed. I mean, you know, a lot of these conservative places that are now considered Trump country, you know. Are, are places that I fell in love with right. because they were such these, they had these small town mentalities and these different, you could see why their ideologies came from where they came from. You know what I mean? You can understand like things change, things change a little bit when you get in the bus. Uh, it, you don't see the countryside anymore. You see the flat screen TVs and mm. the inside of the curtains. So this really is this value to having cut your teeth in in a van and and having seen the country because you do it. You got your you get your hand on the steering wheel even maybe you know. But I definitely think that when you all of a sudden you get in the bus and you're touring, you, you lose track of it. You, that's when you start doing the hello Cleveland because you just. Yeah, you, you, it's a time machine. You yeah, just get in no it, idea where you're at, man. Yeah. get out of it, and you're at a different place. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's that's another thing. I think a lot of people. I was talking to a lot of my friends that are been experiencing the pandemic. They're like, oh, we don't know what day it is. I'm like, welcome to my life. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's how it is in the music industry, man. You just don't, you know. I think um, just to give people insight to, to that a little more is that like you don't in the music industry, I can get a phone call tomorrow and they could tell me like, like, we need you to go to Nashville and that's it, you know, and, and, and I'm off for Nashville on whatever on a, on, on a, a Wednesday, <laughs> you know, and you have you land on a Wednesday and you get there on a So you get there on, on, a, on a Thursday and you have no idea what day it is. You have no clue what's going on. You have, you know, and, you, and all of a sudden you've been on this seven day grind and then you get home and it's like it's Tuesday <laughs> and in your brain, you, you feel yeah. like it's like, it should be Friday or Saturday and everybody else is like, Oh, you know, happy Sunday to you. Happy Friday or whatever. You know, it's like, it really messes you up, man. So when you get on, especially when you get on in the bus or in the van and you're doing five days a week of shows, you have no idea what day it is, what time it is, where you're at, even, you know, and you have to like, the guy's helping you with your set list and put your shit together or writing the name in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't, you don't fuck it up and look stupid. Like you did last night. Like, hello, Arizona. <laughs> I've never done that. <laughs> Hello, everybody's everybody like, yeah, right. They go, they go, have the, you have the quiet boo. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, oh, my God. That's the scariest thing. Yeah. As a singer, that is the scariest thing. We did a thing. Uh, I don't even tell a story because then they'll know the truth. But yeah, yeah I, the sang truth. The, I was singing Sweet Home Alabama. You think anybody really bought it? Come on. They know the truth. Yeah, <laughs> and we were in we were we were doing Ohio, and then we we went into Michigan. Now Ohio, Michigan, obviously rivals. despise each other, especially with rivals, especially sports. Yeah, and I did the Sweet Home Alabama thing, and I always sing Sweet Home Michigan. Yeah, and then uh, you know uh, they're like, yeah. I can't remember what happened. I, we went into the other state, and I said the other the wrong state's name, and they went. They were going to kill me. Yeah, there were. Like, it was no quiet. There was no quiet, polite booing. It was. Oh, there's no. There's not, man. There's not, man. And He's like, hold on. That was. Let me finish. Yeah. Yeah. Different regions of uh, oh, God. how hard the music scenes are in different regions, man. It's like that's one thing you you really find out. Like which towns are really about their music, and which towns are just like enjoy having you there. You know. Right. Uh, and I, I remember the feeling that feeling in, in Philadelphia. You know that we, we we did pretty great opening for you catch. I felt you know we had a really great show. You know we you know we didn't have all, all the the resources of a of a tour that touring band would normally have, but. You know, we, we made an impression with our live performances. And I think just about every night, it felt like people were really impressed by us. And I remember getting in Philadelphia, man, that show we did, in, I think it was in Stroudsburg. And uh, and uh, we we're, were out there in uh, in, uh, um, in Pennsylvania. And uh, I remember sitting there, and, and it's just these dudes dressed like punk rockers in black just staring at you. <laughs> what else you got? 
We come back and uh, right, it was right before, no, right after I went on that tour and uh, we were supposed to do a show. No, it was right before actually. We were supposed to do a show with uh, Royal Blood and um, and Guns N' Roses at, at the Gorge right before we jumped on tour with you guys. And I, I'll never forget this, man. Some band out of Ohio comes through and the kid is dressed like he's got the blonde hair and he's got the flannel and he's like, his band's got a little bit of that punky edge, you know. And uh, and he gets on stage and he start they, they start going and they weren't like terrible, but you don't come to Seattle and do our bit to us, <laughs> you know. And uh, I the, they booed him off the stage basically, bro. They didn't nobody cared. They just ate him alive. And I was just like, wow, Seattle actually is a really hard music town. Like I grew up here, so I'm like I'm more used to like how to how to get the crowd went over. But like those oh. guys ate those dudes alive and destroyed them. Uh, we lost you there for a sec, but uh, we're back. And uh, you know, must, black, maybe right, guys, guys right? back in black, <laughs> 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 huh? Huh? guys. I do that all the time, guys. Huh? huh? When I say like a really impro- inappropriate joke yeah. somewhere, and they're like, anybody? Oh, Tyler, anybody? Get in the back, that guy in the back there. <laughs> no, no, oh man. Well, sweet man, thanks so much for coming on our old podcast here. It's a blast, well, it's, it's uh, man. so good to catch up, man. To, uh, yeah, we're gonna have to get to uh. We'll have to get you on the road with us in Canada or something like that. Uh, you know, I, I really love that, gentlemen. You know, we had such a good time the first time around. And in the time, I mean, it's, you know, there's something to be said about connecting with cats from the Northwest. And it's just like, there's a vibe. The whole country's legal. You know, yeah. The whole country's legal. Too, so we're, we're getting close here. We're getting close here in America, man. Uh, the, um, we are getting close to, uh, I mean, now that the Senate in the, is Democratic and, and the, the House is Democratic, they've already passed legislation through the House. To uh, federally legalize marijuana, right. uh, it's coming. It's I think it's coming, man. I and you want to be you want to know what's funny? I, I I literally said this in my last interview. I think that is going to be one of the, the first things that brings America together, bro. <laughs> it's like it sounds crazy. As crazy as it sounds, I think it's going to be one of the first things that does it. How are we not in the biz? How are we not in the weed biz? I heard uh, like Robert Mondavi. You know that wine? I think it's Robert yeah. Mondavi. It's like a wine. Supposedly mm-hmm. he died or something, and his kids now run it, and his kids don't want to run it. They want to sell it all and, and grow weed, I heard. That's, that's where it's at, man. That's a lot. Probably more money. Weed is the new wine. Weed wine. Weed wine. Yeah. Weed wine. Yeah. Weed weed that's delicious. That wine. sounds amazing. Yeah. Hand in Sweet hand. Sweet, man. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk soon, and uh, we'll, we'll see you out there on the road. Absolutely, man. It's good talking with you cats, man. We'll catch up soon. You too. Peace. Take care, man. Yeah. What a great guy. I think I say that on every one of our uh, podcasts, but it's because we have great guests. We do have great guests. And if, a lot of times it's people that, we, you know, we've spent time with. So for me, it's like, uh, it's, it's fun catching up and, you know, it's just seeing people's faces. That's always been my thing. Like when we go on tour you know, play a festival, it always feels like a reunions, right? I'm always like, I'm social. I love seeing people. I love catching up. And so it's, this is, uh, this is fun for me because it gives me that opportunity to catch up with people that, that we've spent time with. And Aaron was definitely uh, a guy I spent a bunch of time with on tour. Yeah. Crocodile. I, I, you know, it's weird. I never heard of that venue. I got to check it out. I probably have heard yeah. of it. It's one of those ones that maybe has gone through a few, a few name changes. Who, who knows? Possibly. Yeah. I love playing there. You know, so silly is that uh, it's cliche, but you know, the first Starbucks ever is in the market right. there. And, uh, so every time I play Seattle, I got to walk to the Starbucks and they changed it. They used to go there and they had um, like all it, the whole thing was like uh, they had the original Starbucks uh, logo was actually the full. You could see her boobs and right. it was the full. Right. And they, I guess they, they put her hair there now for obvious reasons. But they had that. And I thought it was really cool because they had all the tables. So the countertops were all like stainless steel, like a like a butcher or something. Right. It was so cool. And they changed it. Last time I went in there, they had like a regular Starbucks. They read it. I was like, no. Uh, what there a you bummer. Go. That's a bummer. But that's it. 
that's it for our podcast. Hope you enjoyed it this week. Uh, Aaron Jones. So stay tuned for the next one, whatever it may be. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so check us out at bandmeetingpodcast.com. All of our socials, it's just bandmeetingpodcast on Instagram, Twitter. And uh, you can go on there and check out what we're doing. There's got merch on there. And, you know, leave us a like, leave us a comment. And you can reach us at bandmeetingpodcast at gmail.com. You can tell us if you have any guests uh, ideas we're always up or you know any comments on the show what we should shouldn't do you know if, if we should wear masks yeah exactly. let us know we're here for you hey, well, that's everything man let's wrap it up let's leave bye bye <laughs>